that already so good to be back with everyone here. Uh, I'd like to just take a couple of minutes and uh, mention something uh, as far as the worship goes. I meant to say earlier, things do look a little different. Um, uh, we are in the process, our worship team is in the process of putting together a library of songs so that we can play them uh, here on Sunday uh, uh, rather than have the live band as we uh, have had in the past, at least for now. Our goal is to get our live band back and up here, but until then, we're recording music, but we don't have a large library of songs built up yet. So uh, until that happens, we're going to be mixing it up with some of our, our worship team and other churches that have uh, uh, provided music for us as well as we saw this morning. So um, we will get back eventually to ours, but you know, thank God for what he's provided uh, for us. So, oh, I wish so much I could just have everybody take their mask off and see your smiling face, but don't, please, please don't. Um, for those who have been able to follow along, uh, make sure I'm on here, but for those who have been able to follow along on our online services, We've been looking at Jesus through the eyes of the one who was really the closest to him on his uh, 33 years uh, on this earth, the one that was closest to him in his ministry, um, and that is the Apostle John. Uh, he was the one that leaned against Jesus' breast at, as they reclined at table at dinner. And Now, when you think of dinner... You know, say reclining at the table, it wasn't a table like this, or it was like this low table, so they would like, you know, lay against uh, up to the table on their arm, and it'd be that height, you know, propped up on their elbow. So he was right there next to Jesus when they ate. He was one of the inner circle of three when, uh, 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 like, things like when Jesus took, you know, Peter, James, and John up to for the Mount of Transfiguration. He was one of those inner three, and the thing that really tells me, you know, that he was the closest was that as Jesus was giving his life on the cross, he looked down at his mother and he looked down at John and he entrusted the care of his own mother to this disciple, this one that Jesus loved. So he, he was the closest to him. Now, as we've been looking in John's gospel to see his picture of Jesus, we've said that John wrote the gospel with two purposes in mind. One is that we would believe in Jesus, and two, that we would have life in his name. So, you know, we've been looking at who Jesus is. Last week we saw him as the Messiah. Today we're going to see that Jesus is the bread of life, and I want to talk about what that means. We're going to look in John chapter 6. In John 6, we see the account of Jesus miraculously feeding a huge crowd of people. And it was, it, it was quite amazing. I mean, there were 5,000 men plus women and children, and he fed them with five loaves and two fish. Now, how many wish you could just feed your family with, with a little bit of food like that? And, you know, it was, not only was it a small, enough, uh, a small amount of food, not only was that enough to feed such a large crowd, but when they were all done, they had 12 baskets of leftovers. Uh, and that's pretty amazing. They had more when they finished than they did when they started. 
Um, and that made quite an impression on the crowd. And, you know, suddenly there were a whole bunch of people following Jesus, a whole bunch of people interested in him, you know. And, and, and really, that's not unusual. It shouldn't surprise us because often people become interested in Jesus when they see him as someone who can give them something, uh, give them something or do something for them. Uh, people get interested because they want to get what they can. Uh, so... Uh, the crowd, we're going to pick up in, chap, in, in verse 30 of John 6, uh, where the crowd said to Jesus, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? Now look, think of what he just did. And they're still asking, what can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave, gave them bread from heaven to eat. So they're saying, you want us to believe in you? Then do a miracle. And that's really the only reason many of them were following him. They just wanted to see him do another miracle. They were looking for a show. That's what they wanted. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he would miraculously feed them again. Maybe they were looking for a free, another free meal or something. Um, and then they said, after all, Moses gave our ancestors manna from heaven. Now, when they said that, what the Jews were referring to was the exodus from Egypt. When the Israelites came out of Egypt, after they left, they wandered in the desert for 40 years. And all that time, God sent them manna for food. They woke up every morning. They went out and found these strange-looking wafers uh, covering the ground. As the dew dried up, they left these wafers, and they called it manna, which means, what is it? You know, and it, it tasted like coriander seed, which is basically cilantro. Uh, it said, you know, what is it? And they would, they would gather the manna and, and bake it into bread. And that bread is what sustained them throughout their 40 years of wandering in the wilderness until they entered the promised land. So that's what the Jews were referring to when they talked about uh, uh, bread from heaven. So they said, that's what Moses did. He gave us his bread from heaven. But what can you do? Can you top him? And then Jesus straightened him out. Starting in verse 32, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. So Jesus sets him straight. It wasn't Moses that gave them manna, and the, the manna came from God. And now Jesus is offering them true bread from heaven. Jesus says the true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. And Jesus replied, I'm the bread of life. It's me. I am the bread of life. Uh, 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 whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, it's interesting that in this chapter alone, John chapter 6, Jesus is referred to as bread no fewer than seven times. Verse 32, true bread from heaven. Verse 33, true bread of God. Verse 35, bread of life. Verse 41, bread that came down from heaven. Verse 48, bread of life. Verse 51, living bread that came down from heaven. And verse 58, true bread that came down from heaven. Seven times within, not only within this chapter, but just between verses 32 and 58. Jesus is making an incredible statement when he said that he's the bread of life. <laughs> Believing this and acting on it is the key to entering into 
the life Jesus came to bring us. So I want to look at briefly this morning, what is it about bread that points us to Jesus? First thing is, bread sustains us. It sustains us. Bread has always been a staple food. And, and this was especially true in Jesus' day. Bread was the people's principal food. And now, when I say this, I, I don't want you to picture the, the uh, you know, lightweight loaves of, of white bread that, with no substance that we think of so often and see so often in the store. We're not talking about that. We're, we're talking about bread that's made from whole grains. Bread that's made from things like wheat, and usually wheat, and, and sometimes barley or some other grain. Bread that had some substance to it. Bread, ha- bread has, has, like that has nutrients which you know, nourished and strengthened and refreshed their bodies. It sustained them throughout the day. Jesus is the bread of life. And just as the manna sustained the Israelites in their 40 years of wandering through the wilderness, just as the physical bread sustained, uh, uh, sustains our bodies and gives us uh, strength, Jesus sustains us as we journey through all the challenges and hard times and difficulties of life. I mean, let's face it. If we've learned anything this year, we've learned that life can be hard, right? Would you agree? Life can be hard. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, it can wear you out. I mean, think of what happens physically if you go all day without eating. You, You feel weak, you feel worn out, you're tired, and then you eat something and you suddenly you feel your strength is renewed, you're stronger, you're, you're more alert. Well, the same thing happens spiritually and emotionally when we go without feeding on Jesus, the bread of life. We, when we begin to feel spiritually weak. Emotionally, you know, we, don't, we, we begin to feel run down, we begin to feel on edge. We simply don't have the spiritual or emotional resources that we need to sustain us through life. Recently, I was talking with someone who was saying how hard it's been not being able to gather together like this in in, in service and together with the church family, and and it has been. It has been, but they were telling me they just needed more. So they started reading and studying the Bible with a friend, and as they did that, they began to experience something. Jesus, the bread of life, began began to give them spiritual sustenance. So bread sustains us. Another quality about bread is that bread satisfies us. Think way back to yesteryear, the time when you could, you could uh, still go out and sit down for a nice meal at a restaurant with people all around you and hustle and bustle of the, <coughs> the waitresses or the waiters you know, bringing things to your table. What's one of the first things that the waiter or waitress would do? Bring you fresh rolls. Bring you bread, right? I mean, let me ask, did you ever fill up on so many rolls that you had a really hard time finishing the rest of your dinner? Uh, No need pointing to others, because when you're pointing to others, you're pointing to yourself. I think we've all done that at times. You know, the the rolls were so good (coughs) and so satisfying They were tempted to fill up on them. And, you know, there's nothing like fresh baked bread to satisfy hunger. I mean, I think the aroma of Jesus, the aroma of heaven, has got to be like fresh baked bread. There's nothing like it. It draws you. Uh, It it, it just draws you. Um, 
And that's what it's like with Jesus. He is the bread of life. He satisfies like no other can. There's a longing in every human heart that can be satisfied only by Jesus. St. Augustine wrote in his, in his confessions, he wrote, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. You and I were created to know God and to have relationship with Him through Jesus. But what happens so often with so many people is they spend their whole life searching for something to fill the emptiness, trying that and trying that, something to satisfy the hunger in their hearts, but so often they never find it. Jesus is the bread of life. He is the true bread which comes from God. He is the only one who truly and fully satisfies that longing in our hearts. He satisfies our need for significance. He he satisfies our need for purpose, our need to know that we matter. But it does no good if we just leave Him on the shelf. We need to come to Him and draw from Him and feed on Him. Third thing that I want to point out about bread is that bread symbolizes fellowship. The term to break bread together means to, you've got a picture of gathering around a table and share a mealing, uh, sharing a meal together. It means more than just the act of eating food. It's fellowship. It's community. It's the act of gathering. It's the act of eating a meal and talking and sharing life. The meal, the bread, that serves as a gathering point, a focal point for doing life together. And, you know, when we're unable to do that in person, we can do it virtually. It's not the same, no, but it is something. You know, it, I, I loved how, you know, so many would, would as we, um, our, our services while we were online would go live on, at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. We'd be gathered around our, our, our uh, TVs or computers or screens of some type, phones, notebooks, and... 10 o'clock hit, service starts, we go through together, and off on the side on the YouTube channel, there's a, uh, there's a chat area. You can open up the chat, and we can communicate back and forth with each other. I love that. I love that. We're not together in the same place, but we're still communicating back and forth and checking in with, you know, hey, you know, uh, 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 Cooper says hi to everybody, or Sir Wallace says hi to everybody, and, you know, as all our pets, you know, would gather with us. I, I, I love that. Jesus is the bread of life. He sustains us. He satisfies us. As all we do and everything we are is centered around Him. In the Old Testament tabernacle, there was a table on, the, on which they placed 12 loaves of bread. Uh, they called it the bread of the presence, or they called it the show bread, or in the Old King James, it was shoe bread. I don't like that. It kind of it sounds like it's maybe from a shoe. But um, anyway, it was bread that was symbolic of of uh, God's provision for his people, as well as our fellowship with the Lord. It was replaced every week so that it was always fresh. And that's how our fellowship with Jesus is. That's how it's, it's meant to be, the bread of life, that fellowship with him, fellowship with Jesus, fellowship with others in him, always fresh, always current. 
So here's our takeaway from this this morning. 2020 has been a rough year for everyone. I don't think there's any disagreement on that. We're in the middle of a pandemic, and by all indications, it appears as if it's going to get worse before it gets better. You know, if you've listened to the news, you know that. Um, nearly half of the states are experiencing uh, new spikes in the coronavirus numbers. Um, uh, but here in, in Monroe County, right now, we're good. Not that it's not here. We need to follow the protocols, but our numbers are down. We don't know what 2021 is going to bring. But here's the thing. No matter what it brings, Jesus is still the bread of life. He is the one who sustains us through anything that comes our way. Honestly, I don't know if we are going to face another shutdown or not. I hope not. And if we do, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if we're going to you know, be able to, con- how long we're going to be able to continue meeting in person. Hopefully this won't be interrupted. But even if it did, even if it was, one thing is certain. Our circumstances never change who Jesus is or limit what he can do. Our circumstances never change who Jesus is or limit what he can do. Let me just tell you a few of the things that God did through these last seven months while we were not able to meet physically. Because as I said before, the building may have been closed down, but ministry wasn't. So, ministry continued. It just looked different. We were able to establish an online presence with video of the services, something that we didn't have before, something that we had to scramble literally overnight and figure out how to do. We were able to reach people who don't attend here on Sundays because there are people that have contacted us and let us know that you know they're not a part of this church, they don't go here, and they've been following along every Sunday online with the services. So we're able to actually expand our our outreach there. Uh, We were able to provide an on-demand video resource for your own Bible study or if you want to get a small group with people virtually through Right Now Media subscription at no cost to you. Uh, We had a social distancing baptism. I mean, we were scheduled to do a baptism right at the beginning of the shutdown, and we shut down and couldn't do it. And Angelo was so anxious to be baptized, he was like, man, I can't wait. We're going to do this. You know, we got to do this. And finally, you know, we, we decided, we figured out how we could do it in a social distancing way and, you know, with, with some spread out uh, throughout and wearing masks in that. And we were able to, to do a so, our first social distancing baptism. It looked different. But hey, he still got baptized. Some of you have started Bible studies either with friends or a family member through this time. So that's, you know, that's amazing. Our outreach increased this summer as we were able to help struggling families through our Facebook uh, weekly great grocery giveaway. Um, And that was a lot of fun and it, 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 it really brought, even those that, that didn't get the food, it brought a lot of 
just joy as they followed the 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 giveaway and and you know saw that it was going on and the response to that was great we also applied for and received a five thousand dollar tech grant which enabled us to upgrade some of our technology in order to uh, help with our online presence so that was an awesome thing we were received help through the payroll protection plan to help keep things running uh, and then, fairly early into the into the um, fairly early into the lockdown, I received a knock at my door. And as I opened the door, there were a couple of people standing there, and they said, "Here," and they gave me a card. I opened the card, and you know what it said inside? Your mortgage is paid off. Praise God! Right. <laughs> The mortgage is paid off. Church mortgage. Yeah, not our mortgage. If anybody <laughs> wants to knock on my door and bring a card and pay off my home mortgage, you are more than welcome to do that. I will not rob you of that blessing. But the church mortgage is paid off. And what a blessing they have that, what a blessing that is. The building may have been shut down, but ministry was not. God is never limited by our circumstances. In fact, I believe that he's showing us through these uh, circumstances. I believe that he's showing us that he is still there. He is still moving. It's in a different way. It looks a little different, but he has not stopped working or slowed down one bit. Jesus is the bread of life. He sustains us. He satisfies us. Our life and ministry in the kingdom of God centers around Him, and He is actively working in our midst. Let's pray. Jesus, I want to thank You for all that You've done in these last seven months. Some see it as seven months of a lockdown and seven months of restrictions, but Father, I see it as seven months of, of ways to, that, that you have worked in ways that have amazed us, that have surprised us, and that we could not have foreseen. In fact, the lockdown uh, actually served as a springboard to more open doors for you to work and for you to use us. And I thank you for that. Thank you for sustaining us. Thank you for satisfying us. Thank you for, for providing for us a way that we can stay connected, even if it looks different. And then thank you for bringing us back here together again. Amen. Amen. Now I want to give you the benediction. So prepare your hearts. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to close with one more song of worship um, and I would ask that we go ahead and remain in our places. You can stand, but remain in your places and then I will come back up when the, when the song is over and then release us by section. So, uh, let's worship some more.